98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the clock. On this Monday afternoon, good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on 98.7 FM, Arizona sports station, we are live. From the Oxygen Community Studios, my name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. What's going on? Not much, my friend. How you doing? How was your uh, weekend? I'm glad you didn't. What, what's what's the state like next to Utah? Uh, would have been Colorado. Colorado. I'm glad you didn't end up in Colorado. Me too. That's, Me too. that's good. It took a um, wrong turn, and <laughs> next thing you know, you were in Siberia. <laughs> we, so I, yeah, it was a funny story. We yeah. we, we moved yeah. uh, we moved my son um, and his fiance and all his stuff up to Park City, Utah this weekend. Yeah. And I drove with him in the U-Haul. And a senior moment. I had one. I'm not mm. a senior, but I had a senior moment. You're close enough. Where I thought we were on the correct and proper interstate to get us where we needed to go. We were on an interstate. We were just on the wrong one. So I wasn't really paying that much attention to the map anymore. So at some point, my son says to me, he's driving the truck. I'm the navigator. He says, uh, so when do I get off this freeway? I said, you know what? That's a good question. Let me check. check And I looked at it. I said, oh, we're supposed to get off at nine miles. But... It has us turning around. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, it has us doing a U-turn. He's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, I looked at it. I'm like, oh, Jake. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, oh, so sorry. I'm really sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just added you know, it's 10 hard. hour and 15 yeah. minutes to our 14 hour drive. You know what's hard to like understand about that? With today's technology? I know. How, how do you mess up? I know. Like, I remember the old days, you used to print it out. I used to go to this map thing and print it out. And then you'd, well, you'd read it as you were driving. Like, you know, or have a real map. Yeah. When we were younger, we had real maps when we were going somewhere. Like, your phone tells you where to go. I know. It I tells know. you, you know get what? off the exit, idiot. You know what the problem was? Arrogance. Yeah. Arrogance. Just Play arrogance. Just arrogance. Yeah. Just like, oh, I know where we're going. I got yeah, this. You, oh, yeah, we're on the right road. We're fine. We're good. No, I'm we're glad great. you finally admit that you are very arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> took took well, 20 years, well, but I've been, arrogant, yeah. I've been learning from you for the last oh, 11. Oh, man. So uh, if, if anyone's going to teach man. anybody how to have an ego wow. around here, wow. go to Gambo for ego lessons because he will teach you like no I think no you should all be other. confident in yourself and your abilities. Well, I was I th- confident I th- in thinking I was on the right interstate. And yeah. Yeah, no, let's turn around and go back and get yeah. on the road. And yeah, that was. What was the second half of the trip better? Kind of like the Cardinals game? <laughs> First <laughs> you know, half, not oh, so good. You know second what? half, good. Bravo. I'm going to give you bravo for the transition because let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. So unlike the Cardinals, the first half of our journey was much better. It was the second half that was a pain. The Cardinals yesterday, the second half was fantastic. Tyler Murray takes a knee, and the Arizona Cardinals continue to be the best road team in pro football. They're 2-0 and now away from home. They're 2-2 two and two overall. They win the game 26-16. to If you listen closely, you can hear Ron Wolfley like, issue some sort of noise of disgust in the background behind sure, Dave Pass. Sure. Because yeah. I don't think that's a stat that it's great. It's great that they're 10-1 and one on the road since the start of the regular they, season last year. on the road. But man, figure out a way to win at home. They beat Carolina in Charlotte yesterday, 26-16. to 16. Yeah, my first thought, and it's just here's my first thought. God, if they played anybody else besides Carolina, they lose that football game. Baker Mayfield is awful. Matt Rule's a terrible coach. <laughs> I mean, that's my first thought. That's that a good combination. Thought. That's that, a good thought. You play anybody besides Matt Rule and Baker Mayfield, and you'll 
lose that football game. And we're going to talk about the slow start and everything in a, in a second here. But you, Baker Mayfield, two interceptions, a lost fumble. Uh, tenth time Mayfield has had three or more turnovers in a game. That's the most since 2013. He entered the game with the lowest quarterback rating in the league. We thought the Kyler was short. Baker can't get the ball over the line of scrimmage when he's throwing it. <laughs> like, I mean... I mean, I thought that the Suns would pretend that they were the, the, the Kembe Matumbo just swatting everything all game long. But that was my initial thought. Is like, first of all, we are very, very close to just torching this team today if they would have lost that game because they played so badly, uh, badly. But they found a way. They rallied in the second half. They came out. They played much better football. They win the game. And, and like we've always said, like they're kind of in survival mode yeah. right now. Now, I'm not going to let this offense off the hook. We'll, we'll hit them throughout the course of the show. But they are two and two. You're two games away. You have two games left before you get one of the best players in the NFL back in DeAndre Hopkins. You're starting to use other players and figure out how they can help you. The defense has been absolutely sensational. Yep. Um, but you're in survival mode. At two and two, you're fine. Like, there was no way they were starting 0 and 4. There was no way. There was just no way they were going to start 0-4. There is too much talent for this team to be 0-4. But they also weren't starting 4-0. There's not enough talent for this team to be 4-0. So they're going to hang around, hang around until Hopkins comes back, and then we'll judge if this team is good enough to be a playoff team and not depending on how they play with DeAndre Hopkins. That was my number one takeaway, too, was just the survival mode, right? And I know that's not a fun takeaway. That's not Because you're right. We cannot, should not let the offense off the hook for that miserable performance in the first half, but... No, and we're not. Uh, and we won't, but adjustments were, were made, and they figured it out against Carolina. They played much better in the second half for a variety of reasons that we'll get into. My number one takeaway now is all you have to do, knock on wood, is beat Seattle in two weeks, alright? Now, I know Seattle's offense did a number on Detroit yesterday, but everybody does a number on Detroit these I days. I told you Geno Smith defense. was going to be great this year. <laughs> Did I not God, tell you that in Geno we trust? Oh, that they were going to be fantastic? great, but against that... I don't know what the Jets were thinking. They should have held on to Geno Smith. I'm not teasing. I thought the guy was the worst quarterback in the league that for Lions, years. Well, that Lions defense is so bad. But we get, we get sidetracked on that. All right. All you have to do is beat Seattle in two weeks. And you're going to be 3-3. Three and, three. and that's what you want it to be. That's, 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 that's just, it. You, you're you just, happy. Just be 3-3 three and three when D-Hop comes back for that Thursday night football game against yes. the Saints. And then... Reinvent, then yeah. and then reinvent yourself offensively when you've got him. Because right now, offensively, it's a slog, man. And it got better in the second half. They kind of figured out their identity a little bit. I don't yeah, know if it's... It got better because they had a touchdown drive that started on the five-yard and that's, line. And, that's, and I, another touchdown drive that started on the 30-yard line. And I, I get it. I, I, I'm not going to give them too much credit for how they turn things around. I'm not. But it was enough to do what you needed to do. And if you can give it enough two weeks from now against Seattle, then you can reinvent yourself offensively when you get D-Hop back. Because we saw what this team can be offensively when it has DeAndre Hopkins last year before he got hurt. And you just need to survive until you get down. If you had lost against Carolina, now you're one and three and you can't be three and three. Well, you could have been, but you would have had to beat the Eagles at home. And I don't think that's going to happen. And so that was really you don't think that's going to happen. Man, they look so good. You you think you think they're going to. I don't think that they're as good as they as they appear to be. I don't think that they're as good as they appear. Cardinals are five and a half point dogs at home against the Eagles. At home, they're almost a touchdown underdog. I know this sounds. I know this sounds building. crazy. I know this sounds crazy. I think that they could beat them. You're just not buying Philly. No, I, they yeah. play Jacksonville, Washington, Detroit, Minnesota. Well, I haven't played anybody good. They do look like so far. They don't. They haven't played anybody good. The best team in the NFC. That might not be saying a whole lot. 
But after what Tampa Bay did last night after Green Bay, barely surviving against a third-string quarterback Listen, against New England, so far they've been the best team in the NFC. Typical Cardinals. They'll win this game and then they'll lose to Seattle. They'll still be 3-3. Three and three. <laughs> that, might, that might be. That might be. But Can't I, figure them out. I do think a, a lot about what your rant is right, especially the part about... I don't know if that performance yesterday is good enough to beat just about anybody else in the NFL other than Kale. Like, I'm, no, I, they lose to anybody I, in the league with the way they play. Uh, I woke up this morning yeah. and I was genuinely, legitimately surprised that Matt Rule had the press conference today, the Monday morning post game. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I thought that I too. thought I was going to wake up and he was done. New coach. I really did. I thought yeah. I was going to wake up and Matt Rule is going to be the ex coach of the Carolina Panthers and they're going to make a change there. I was very surprised that he was still doing the Monday morning press conference well, in Sam Charlotte. Dor- Arnold is the new car starting quarterback, Rebench and Baker, but he may not be ready He's right now. He's not ready health-wise, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, like, that's been, like, I can't believe how bad Baker Mayfield is. Hey, God, look, he looks out. He's been so bad all year, and that was his worst game of the year. If you look at his quarterback rating, like, he's been awful all year. That was his worst that he's been this year, and he's been terrible the whole season. So, yeah, Carolina, I mean, Baker was lost. That offense is broken. Um, I, I mean, what, nine passes that were deflected by the Cardinals, including... So, so many different stats on that. I couldn't tell. But yeah, I think it was... Uh, I think it, Fox said nine. I looked at the box score. They didn't give Byron Murphy credit for his. Remember the one that he dove and he kind of got his hand on the ball? Yeah. They didn't give him credit for that one. How many knocked down at the line of scrimmage? Was it five? five? Like, that's incredible. Three for Allen, two for Watt. Wow. Just, I think. Just, well, I can't... We'll, we'll rave about this defense and Vance Joseph, you know, at some point in this show. But yeah, listen, you're two and two. You get to three and three. And at that point, you're going to look at the schedule. You're going to say, okay, here Here's where you could go on your run if you want to go on a run. Because well, who do they play after that? The Saints? They don't look very good. Andy Dalton may be better than Jameis Winston. The Vikings, they don't look very good. Yep. Seattle again. Like, there's a, there's a chance to go on a little bit of a run once they get everybody back. There's your window right there. Now, when we come sure. back on the Burns and Gambo show on this Big Red Monday, it wasn't easy. In fact, it was a slog yesterday. Ringo sang that. It don't come easy. It don't come easy. It don't come easy. But the difference is between the first and the second halves by the Cardinals tells the story of the game, and we will tell it next on the Burns and Gambo show. Love you, bro. Love you. Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Tight end motion. The snap goes over Murray's head. It's loose back at the 25. Kyler picks it up at the 20. Now throws far side incomplete. Incomplete. The Panthers take over on downs. Terrible, disastrous play. The snap goes five yards over the head of Kyler Murray. That's two failed fourth down conversions. And at that moment, I thought, I don't know if there's anything that can save this offense. <laughs> I mean, really, that was that was right oh, after man. the second quarter had started. Yeah. So the Cardinals had already gone a full fourth quarter, mm-hmm. or a full first quarter, I should say, without scoring a point. Fourth straight game, they haven't scored a point in the first quarter, right? They do it better than anybody. They really there's do. There's nobody there's in the league better at, spectacular at failing not in the scoring in the first quarter than yeah. the Cardinals. They're so you, good at it. Yeah, you want to bet? You want to make some money? Bet on the Cardinals not scoring a point in the first quarter. You'll make a lot of money. They had already failed on a fourth down conversion earlier on that. That silly, ridiculous jet sweep to to Rondale Moore on fourth and short where he got stuffed by Brian Burns. And then your second fourth down, mm. you're in the shotgun when you have to go about, what, a foot, maybe one two? Yard. Yeah, you're, one you're, yard. You're in the shotgun? Mm-hmm. At that point, I'm thinking, oh, God, this offense is wretched. But... 
the second half, and you pointed out in the last segment, and rightfully so. They got the benefit of a lot of short fields thanks to their defense, but they did find a formula that allowed them to be better yeah. in the second half yesterday. I, I tweeted this out yesterday because I, I, I truly believe this. I said, that is among the top five worst displays of offense in any half in my 25 years here. Absolutely pathetic. How do you continue to continuously throw short? Here was the thing I couldn't get. Third and five, they throw for four yards. Third and six, they throw for five yards. And then you go backwards on fourth and one with the four-yard loss. You go backwards, a snap over the head. I, it, I, I don't understand how you can run an offense where you need six yards and you got, and you run five. You, like, you got to, like, these are NFL players. You know where the first down marker is. How do you run a play on third and six that goes for five yards? How do you run a play on third and five that goes for four yards? Like, that's incomprehensible. That can't happen. Nobody does that. No, don't run the play. If you can't get past the yard, the, the, the first down marker, don't run the play. I don't, I just don't understand you throwing the football. This isn't like a, I'm swinging it out to the running back and he's going to run for it. It's a pass play. It's a pass play. And the guys are coming up short of the line of scrimmage. I wanted to pull my hair out. I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was an absolutely pathetic display. And I know a lot of people sitting there like, this is the worst. I want to shut this game off. (laughs) This is the worst display of football. Both teams sucked, but Carolina was winning. Um, and I just, you almost, again, you almost couldn't believe what you were watching because the offense was so bad. Yeah. And I just cannot, again, beside myself, that you could call plays that would be short of the first down marker. Why? Why? Don't even call that play. Yeah, yeah. the fourth down play calls drove me crazy. The, the, the jet sweep drove me crazy. Being in shotgun on fourth and one drove me crazy. The constant Rondell Moore wide receiver screen behind the line of scrimmage calls. I mean, that's all he did last year. His first game back, and it's like, oh, yeah, I've seen this movie before. Huh. I, know, I mean, they just, that's just, apparently, that's just how they're going to use him. You know, I, I, I think he's capable of more. I'd like to see him do more. How much for his back? As it was in the first half. And you know what? Let's call like it is. Yeah. It's not like it got much better in the third quarter either. I know they scored that early touchdown in the third quarter, but that drive, the Will Hernandez drive, right? Yeah, Where yeah, they had, yeah. you know, first and goal could have been at the five yard line. They ended up having what, like third and goal from the 27 yard line. It was just, it was horrible to watch. It like numbed your brain how bad it was to watch. And then after that, they, they, they got the lead. They played from ahead. They played got the better. Lead Gardeck had an interception. Yeah. by J.J. Watt. And they had a five-yard field. five-yard line. They had a five-yard field. And then even the Cardinals could score if they give them the ball at the yeah. five-yard line. And then line. the next time, they had the fourth down that Carolina went for it. They didn't get it. They had a short field to work right. from there. 31-yard the line. Beautiful touch. So, so how, okay, how discouraged are you with, I know how discouraged you are with the first half. Yeah. How much does the second half balance that in your mind. I mean, it does to a certain extent, but I mean, we can't listen. Let, like, let's call it tip like the it scales? is. Does it even the not scales? Not, no, not enough. Okay. Not enough. And here's why. They're not going anywhere if they can't figure out how to play better in the first half of football games. They're not going anywhere. We you, we can sit here all we want. Oh, they're two and two. And if they can get the three and three, yeah, that's great. They're not going to win enough games to go to the playoffs if they continuously fail in the first quarter. They had 45 yards of offense in the first quarter. They were 0 for 3 on third 
third down. They were 0 for 1 on fourth down. Yeah, they balanced the scale. Okay, we can say that for that one game. That scale's not going to be balanced at the end of the year if you keep playing this crappy in the beginning of football games. Agreed. It's not going to be. That scale's going to be tilted one way, and that's you losing. And I know they're just words, but I liked Kyler Murray's words after the game. He was asked the question, does it matter that you started slow because you won the game? And Kyler's like, yeah, it matters. It matters to me. Um, matters to me, but a much better feeling finally leaving here with a win. I'll tell you that much. Um, I haven't, haven't won, uh, beat this team since 2002, he said. Yeah, it matters. It matters. Yeah. I'm glad to hear Kyler say it matters. Sure. I'm glad to hear Kingsbury say it matters. Because it does. It still matters how awful it was in the first half of that game. And and I, I thought what I liked in the second half was more of a focus on Kyler running. We'll get into that in a little bit. And that, them running. And them in, and that's the benefit of playing from ahead when they took that 13-10 lead. We've said this all it, along. It gives you the benefit of being a little bit more of a balanced offense and playing with that more in mind. So I like that that became more of an emphasis. I like that Kyler running the football is more of an emphasis. They really utilized the tight ends well in the second half, sure. right? And the whole game, but we were, I mean, I Zach like Ertz, McBride. Trey McBride. I like McBride. Getting more snaps than Max Williams in that game and kind sure. of Playing that, you know, a little bit. This is the this is the the most I've loved the McBride since Bake back in the day. <laughs> Mitch is like I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I, wait, Look it up, Mitch. Come I, on, <laughs> Bake McBride. What you and your you and your old? I'm not getting any younger. No, you're not. No, you clearly with how references what? like that. What? How old is Bake McBride? Pretty old. Is he pretty old? God. You know, when you get older, I'm going to tell you something. When you get older, your memory is better about older stuff than it is newer stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you get older, okay, you also... Okay, he's 73. Sorry. My apologies. No, it's fine. It's My fine. apologies. Just, you know, just put... Yeah. Mm, he's kind of he's, he's <clears throat> old. Yeah. He's kind of right. old. Let me go over these numbers, first half to second half, just to ta- tell you what we're talking about. Okay. First downs. They had five in the first half. They had 15 in the second half. <laughs> okay. Third down conversions. They were two of nine in the first half. They were four of six in the second half. Ugh. So much better. Yeah, so much better. Okay. Rush, I got a couple more. Rushing. 47 yards in the first half, 85 yards in the second yeah, half. Totally different team. Red zone. 0 for 2 in the first half. They were 2 of 3 in the second. Yeah, now again, I don't think that they, they have that success. They, they don't, any other team in the league yesterday, they lose to. Any team, any team, they lose to except for Carolina. Carolina played god awful. You're right. I don't know how Matt Rule is still the coach right here. But I sit there and you want to sit there and say, okay, it was so much better in the second half. They figured things out. Look, you, you, you got to figure things out in the first half. Yes, you do. You cannot continuously play this poorly in the first half of football games, in the first quarter of football games. I mean, you had Kyler barking at Cliff because you couldn't get a play call in. Like, you know, it's like, and then Cliff is trying to, you know, and then Cliff, like after a while, this this funny thing, like, oh, you asked him what he wanted for dinner after the game. It was, was he want salmon? Like, <laughs> man, that stuff's not going to work anymore. Like, you know, that funny stuff. Like, no, it's, this is Oh, it's only funny hearing you do it in yeah. the voice that you just did in it. That, that made me laugh, but it's not, there's, and it's not, there's nothing funny about, hey, look, the play oh. clock, tick, 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 tick. Let's burn our second time out with 12 minutes to go in sure. the fourth quarter. Yeah, I love that. That's a great idea. Let's yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, I'm laughing at the way this team is playing football in the first half of football games. They got to win. They were fortunate they were playing Carolina. You get down like that to Philly next week, you're not winning, no. okay? 
You know, you get down like that against almost any other team in the league. You play that poorly in the first half. You're not going to have enough time to come back in the second half. Now, I know the Raiders game, they were down, they came back. But, man, you cannot keep doing this to yourself. Like, no. I know they did it first, the Raiders. But everything, like, like, all the stars had to align to win the Raider game. That's not going to happen all the time. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You're not going to miss any of the shows. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast is brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Bet you didn't even know the sun season had started yet. Oh, wait, it hasn't. So who did they lose to last night? Who? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. And we've added a poll question to our docket here. It's not who is the most famous famous McBride <laughs> walking the... <laughs> Martina would like a word. Uh, but no, we're, we're not doing famous McBrides. But Eric is here and he's got a couple of poll questions for us. So what do you got? Take it away, sir. Well, the first one kind of plays off what you guys were talking about last segment. And that's which half of the Cardinals do you believe in more? Is it the terrible first half or is it the put-together second half? So the question today is, going forward this season, do you anticipate the Cardinals to play closer to their first or second half performance against the Panthers? Oh, that's a really hard question. Neither. I mean, I don't expect them to play. But which is closer? Not exactly, but which team closer I, okay, to? I, I think, all right. I'm not trying to be, hey, everything's going to be great, guy, because everything might not be great. But I do think when DeAndre Hopkins come back, it will be closer to the second half than it was the first. And we're really close to DeAndre Hopkins coming back. So I'm going to say the second half. But I, this is not one of those, like two weeks ago we were in here, hey, maybe the fourth quarter against the Raiders was the turning point for the Cardinal season. We're not doing that shtick today, all right? At least I'm not. I don't think you are either, right? I'm not in that. Hey, maybe the Cardinals found their rhythm. and uh, No, no. They, they, they got some real short fields against Carolina. They need to survive until DeAndre Hopkins comes back. But when he comes back, I think they'll be closer to the second half version. We okay. Saw All right. I'll go with that, too. I'll go closer to the second half. So far, leading the way, 54.9% is first half. 45.1% okay. is second half. But sticking with the numbers theme, this poll question is courtesy of our own John Gambadoro. Who should be the Cardinals' number one running back? Three Ooh. options. Ooh. James Conner, Eno Benjamin, or Daryl Williams? Uh, Connor still. Still Connor? Connor still. Yeah, Connor. Um, I think Eno should get the bulk of the number two reps, for sure. Okay. And I think he should get more reps as the number two guy. When I'll he gets say, I'll say Connor, too, but I kind of like Darrell Williams a little bit. I like all three of the running backs, but it's a, I'll, I'll go with Connor. Okay. A lot of comments about nobody should be a true RB1. They should just be used all in tandem, but leading the way, 58.3% is Connor, 34.2% is Eno, 7.5% all the way at the bottom, Darrell Williams. I want to I, I see more Eno. I want to see more Eno. Right, and, and I think in an ideal, perfect world, right, like we had last year with Connor and Chase Edmonds, it really is truly a balance. Yeah. I mean, it's really a true, and I think Eno, man, I heard Luke say it when I was driving in earlier, and he was right on the money. Eno runs like he's still trying to make the team. He, re- he, he runs so hard. 
Like he's still trying to, like it's training camp. And man, I got to make the cut. Yeah, I got to make the final fifty-three. Yeah. I've been very impressed. By uh, me too. So Get, I think Justine needs more carries. Yeah, I think so too. Both of our poll questions can be found on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo is where you can find it. And they now have closed things out with a victory. Uh, this one is all over, and this NBA preseason game belongs to the Adelaide 36ers with their fantastic three-point shooting. They win the ball game 134 to 124. It's over. Huh. What the hell? I know. I know. You sit like, there and you say, like, okay. What the literal hell? What? How do you lose to a sh- team from Australia at home? What? The, I, I when mean, you were favored by, how many points were you favored and by? A half. 29 and a half. Favored by 29 and a half. <laughs> favored by 30. Oh, geez. First of all, who's... I was just about to ask the rhetorical who's betting preseason NBA. And oh, just God. found a tweet. And I just saw Kellen Olsen retweeted no somebody who put $5 down on Adelaide to cover, and he won like 180 bucks On 5 bucks. On 5 bucks, he won 180 just on on Adelaide to cover. Wow! All right, but but to outright, I don't think he did a money line bet. I think no, it was, did, it was it was money line. It was, it was a straight. It was a straight bet. It was a straight bet. Yeah, it was a straight bet. Oh, it was, I thought it was a five bucks straight bet. Adelaide to win. To win. To win. Oh, my mistake, man. Okay, who? Who, who does, does that? that? Who does Somebody that? who just found $5 on the ground outside of footprint. Seriously, with the, with well, I mean, the, yeah, the change you found in your sofa cushions, you decided, what the hell, well, I'll throw bucks. a bet on that. Yeah, if you throw right? $5 on the Suns to win, you'll win a nickel. <laughs> so, like, you know, just throw it on what the hell. Uh, Listen, what? I mean, I'm just looking at some of the recaps on Bright Side of the Sun and our website. I mean, this guy, Craig Randall, 13 out of 23, 9 out of 17 from three-point range. Former Washington State star Robert Franks, 32 points, 9 Nine to seventeen from three point range. Look, make no mistake about it. This team was knocking down everything they put up. I mean, they shot the ball extremely well. They shot forty six out of eighty three from the floor. They also out rebounded the Suns. And Monty's, you know, Monty's does, didn't seem concerned afterwards. I, but I, I got a cut for you here. Yeah, play the cut. Go ahead. No, th- look, we played our starters twenty two minutes. You don't read anything into the first preseason game where everybody was on minute restrictions. Um, the thing that I, I I know we can't do, we can't have um, that kind of awareness from the jump. I thought we didn't start the game and set the tone that we typically are accustomed to. You know, the thing is that even your backup should be able to beat some team from Australia. Yeah. yeah. Well, our starters only played. Well, what about your backups? So your back, yeah. your backups are NBA players. These are guys are they're from they're playing in Australia. Like you should still be able to win the game. Look, I'm not saying this is a warning sign, but if we, you know, if the Suns get off to a bad start and things aren't going well, some people may look back. Man, you know. Was that first game against Australia a sign of things to come? I don't know. I think it'll get worked out. There's a lot of stuff hanging over this team right now. Yeah. The sale of the team, the Jay Crowder trade, the the the, the relationship between DeAndre and Monty. Like there are uh, there are some things that are hanging over this team's head. Although when he met with the media last night, DeAndre seemed much more like DeAndre. Uh, for, from everybody who was there, everybody who covered it said he, he came in and he he just felt it, he talked more like DeAndre. It was more like his mood. 
I'll tell you, you, you here's the if you want to be concerned about what happened last night. All right. Here's two reasons why. All right. Okay. And I'm not going to get I'm going to get overly concerned about one. I'm not going to get overly concerned about the other. The one to not get overly concerned about is that they lost a preseason game to a national team from Adelaide. I mean, who cares? It's the preseason. They did a hockey style rotation where their bench. They took all of the starters out at the same time, put the bench in it. They'll never do that during the regular season. The Suns won't. They'll stagger it and mix it and match it. You won't see all five starters come out at the same time and all five bench guys come in. Perceptually, it kind of feels like a big deal for everything you just said. The sale, the Jake Crowder trade, the Aiton stuff hanging over the team from a week ago. It feels like there's a lot of bad mojo about the Suns right now, and this is just kind of another brick in that wall. But the one thing to be actually concerned about, that's just all perception. The one thing to be actually concerned about is the bench. That's, mm-hmm. okay, you campaign and Landry Shamit and who else? Bismack right? Biombo. Yeah, I mean, Bismack Biombo. Dario didn't play last night. No, Dario did not play. Landale was the backup five. Torrey Craig got a bunch of minutes. I, I mean, look. I, Ish Wainwright. I, I get it. They're going to stagger these guys with some of the starters. You've got to get better bench play. I mean, all the starters, if you look at the plus minus, they were all plus 11 when they were in the game. They were outscoring Adelaide when the starters were in. The bench play and bolstering the bench play. Remember what I said to you last that's week? That's the concern here. I was like, man, you got to be better with your second unit than that. What did you say I last week? I said to you last week, who's the sixth guy off the bench? Who's the seventh guy off the bench? Who is that first guy off the bench? Who is their, guy? Who's their money guy? It's not Cam Johnson. Not anymore. Because he's not here anymore. It's not. Well, he's a starter. He's yeah, here. He's, well, he's not, he's not on the bench anymore. Yeah. My point. It's not Javel McGee. Javel McGee's not here anymore. Yes. Who's your first guy off the bench? Who do you who do you trust the most to come off the bench? Mm. Is it Bismarck Biombo? Mm. Is it Landry Shamit? Is it Campaign? It's not a lot of great options. Who are is there? it? Jay Crowder's not here. It would have been him, but he doesn't want to accept that role. So it's not Jay Crowder. What I don't I I loved this bench last year. I did love the bench. I don't love this bench right now. I'm very concerned about the bench. Now, let's see what they get for Jay Crowder, if they can get somebody that helps. But are there question marks about Landry Shabbat? Yeah, you know what? He wasn't very good last year. Are there question marks about campaign? Yeah, he wasn't very good last year. Are there question marks about Bismack Biombo? Yeah, he's not as good as JaVel McGee. Like, that's a downgrade right there. We know that. Are there question marks about Dario Saric? He missed the whole season with an ACL. And when he played for his country, he wasn't very good. He looked slow. looked terrible. So there's a lot of concerns right now about that bench as there should be when we come back on the burns and gambo show what a week for jj watt dealing with a heart condition that scared the you know what out of him on thursday and then playing his you know what off on sunday we'll talk about it next on the burns and gambo show Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Great drop back. Throw to the right. Batted again by J.J. Watt. Incomplete. J.J. Watt has a couple of batted balls. Zach Allen has three. J.J. Watt. Uh, you know, this guy's heart and his motor has never been questioned. His ability to stay on the field and play, you know, indefinitely. But his his heart, his willingness, his motor, his desire to play has never been questioned. It was just, you know, can he stay on the field? Can he justify that massive contract that they gave to him? 
That has always been the question about him. But there's uh, we saw it last year with his desire to get back on the field yes. for that playoff for the game, playoff right? Game. We, yeah. we saw him, and it seemed so unlikely. It'd be pushed and pushed and pushed, and they never ruled it out, and he played. Yesterday, J.J. Watt had two sacks, two quarterback hits, or on the season, he's got two sacks, two quarterback hits, two tackles for loss, three passes defense. He was terrific he yesterday. He made an impact. He made he, a, huge, he made a impact. huge impact. He's batting balls down at the line, all while dealing with stuff that you could just see it on his face after the game. You heard the reports before the He's game. Very emotional. He was. Here's J.J. Watt after the game. For months we've been looking at ultrasounds of our baby boy, and uh, they're all extremely happy. And then, yes, Thursday we were looking at ultrasound of my heart. Um, it was it was very tough. It's, it's been it's been a week. It's been a week, but uh, happy to be here. Happy to. Uh, Got emotional talking about yeah, it. Yeah, AFib, it's called. Um, a common type of heart arrhythmia. The heartbeat becomes irregular and often beats too fast. The coordinated movement of the heart's chambers are off because of electric signal disturbances. There's nothing structurally wrong. And as far as heart issues go, it's not too concerning. That's what AFib is, atrial fibrillation. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So it's it's something that he, you know, they shocked him back in. They got the they got they got the wires right, and they said there's no risk. There's no risk if you play. There's no risk. So if you want to play, you could play. There was no like you can't play with this. He was able to go out there and play once he got all the information. He said he spoke to a bunch of different doctors just to make sure, which he should do. And then when he felt you know that there was no chance of him, you know. Um, you know, dying or hurting himself, he decided to go play the game. Yeah, yeah, I did. I mean, it's been tough, you know. It was, uh, it was just weird. It's just weird. I have a baby on the way. Yeah, yeah, he was very emotional. That was the end to the question, did you consider not playing today? And he said, yeah, but then he was asked why he played yesterday. Yeah, I mean... Hey, we don't really have any other choice, you know. I mean, it's it's tough. My wife was by my side the whole time, um, so that helps a lot. Um, and then just, I didn't know what else to do. I mean, I've been playing this game my whole life. Um, you know, I, they, they, they said I was fine. So once, once my heart was reset, they said, you're fine if you feel comfortable. I mean, I'd probably be more uncomfortable sitting on my couch at home. You know, this is just, this is what I know. Right or wrong, maybe that's messed up. Um, but if I was sitting at home watching the boys play and knowing that they said I was perfectly fine to play, I would have felt weird. So I just did what the I know. The thing that struck me about what he said, too, in addition to getting emotional, Gambo, was the line, quote, I've had injuries before, I've had surgeries before. I've never been nervous. I've never been scared of anesthesia. I've never been scared of surgery. I've never been scared of pain. But when they told me they were going to put me out and shock my heart, I was scared. Sure. Close quote. And, and, and I just got, I just, just saying it, I just got the chills. When I heard him say it yesterday, I got the chills because here's a guy who he's had multiple surgeries. He's been down multiple times, right? But for this one to scare him like that because the fear of the unknown, when you've got a baby on the way, you mm. can see why that 
shook him all week long. You do as much research as you can. It's actually very common. It affects around 5 million Americans each year. Uh, the report says uh, they, they do see it more often in young athletes than the general population, but it isn't something that too many people have to deal with. Um, AFib is often but not always genetic. Things like steroids and excessive caffeine can trigger it. Um, how is it treated? Can be treated with medication or a procedure, two main procedures. Um, and he had the one of them where they shocked his heart back into rhythm. Um, it says it's safe. There's a slight increase in risk when returning to play within a couple of weeks. Some people who experience AFib need to go home on blood thinners or other medications. I'm just reading all the information that's out there about it. But he he was able to get back and play. He was yeah. able to go back and play, and all the doctors told him, you're fine. And in addition to the tears, he was also upset because somebody leaked it. And he yeah. and he was he was upset about the fact that really there were very few people who knew about this and none of them should have been leaking it to anybody like he tweeted it yesterday because he knew it was going to get out. He had been told it was going to get out, that it was on its way to being like breaking news on a Sunday morning. And he was pretty pissed about that, too, yesterday, because it was a really tight circle of people who knew about this and somebody within that tight circle betrayed the trust. Yeah, it's it's always a fine line when you get information like that because it is somebody's medical and I always feel odd about it, you know, with medical information, you know, putting that out there because, look, I wouldn't want my medical information out there, you know, and you wouldn't want your medical nope. information out Not there and you know, that's something that should be very private, you know, and so it's always a, t- it's always a fine line when you get information about a guy's injury and stuff like that, but I think that one, you know, more, more, more than just like like an, a, a surgery or an ankle injury or something like that, because that's that's your heart you were dealing with. No easy transition, but we do want to spend a couple of minutes talking about okay, Will Hernandez. Let's do it. Did he? Did he deserve it? Did he? Does he need to know better than what he did yesterday? Did he? Did Everybody's just- going to have a different opinion on this. I have no problem. He's going to stick up for his teammate. His teammate got thrown to the ground like a rag a rag doll. James Conner got tossed to the ground, and you've got to stick up for your teammates. Now, listen, I I just. I mean, he didn't bump the official on purpose, okay? And he didn't run through the official and run him over. In trying to get to the Carolina player, he kind of just glanced up against the ref just slightly. I don't think that that should have got him kicked out of the game. Now, everybody said, oh, you should know better. You should know. I get it. But you know what? You also need to stick up for your teammates, okay? That's how you build continuity and chemistry. And you got to have each other's backs. And, and that was an excessive play. And I know it hurt the Cardinals in yardage. And it got him kicked out of the game when Justin Pugh was there. Like, I get it. But I didn't think that that justified him being kicked out of the game. I didn't think that that was blatant. Now I understand, like you know, not not you, you got to protect the refs and they can't be bumped into. But come on, like the come on, like you you got no better. That wasn't that bad. He no. barely barely scraped up against. No, I'm glad them. you said that. I didn't think it was that bad either. I didn't think he should have been ejected. I I think the idea that he's as he's running up to defend his teammate, he should think to himself, "Wait a minute, Justin Pugh's out. Max Garcia is in. Don't like bump that. into the ref. You're not thinking You're like not that." You're, like not, you're not thinking about, you know, should he be thinking about that in that moment? I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's fair to expect him to think like that. No, like Justin Pugh's already out. Max Garcia is in. If I do this, Sean Harlow is going to come in and be the right guard. Who's who's thinking about that in a moment like that? I, I think Will Hernandez. I like. I, I mean, look, I don't want him getting kicked out of games, but I think what he did didn't deserve getting kicked out. I like the edge that he brings this team. I like the nasty that he brings this team. I mean, he we saw it during training camp. I like it too. It now. I like it. And so hopefully he doesn't get kicked out again. Hopefully he's a little more spatially aware of where he is on the field so he doesn't go bumping into referees. But I didn't think he deserved it. And and, and if they had lost the game, 
I might have a different feel about it. They, it's probably unfair to say that, but if they had lost that game, I might think, oh, come on, Will, you got to be smarter than that. They won. Doesn't look like he's going to be suspended for this week. It all worked out in the end. Try not to bump it into any refs, but I appreciate the passion. I really just, do appreciate I, it. I, I just think common sense has to come in. Do you really think he tried to like hurt the referee? Right. Did he did he do anything? Come on, man. At that point, I think you give him the penalty. He deserved the penalty, but I don't think he should got kicked out of the game. He should have been kicked out of the game. When we come back, they are the plays that shaped the results of yesterday's very weird game. Big red reacts. We'll relive it next on the Burns and Gambo show.